You're listening to The Angry Ranter Show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs> Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Marcus Levy, The Angry Ranter here, who is doing the episode, like, almost a week late. <laughs> but I apologize. Life just happens sometimes. Welcome to episode 56 of The Angry Ranter Show. Humanism is dead! <laughs> Where we're getting philosophical again on this episode of The Angry Ranter Show. Because with a lot of the things that have been going on in the world lately, <laughs> it makes me start thinking again <laughs> about the movement that I'm trying to create slowly with my own writings, my own thoughts, my own theories. And I want to do at least a little bit here, <laughs> taking some time to outline what it means to be an anti-humanist what anti-humanism is, <laughs> and more on the second hour of the show, as we know, is the standard format for these TARS Season 2 episodes. <laughs> How's everybody doing out there on the internet verse? I have a lot of episodes <laughs> planned with other people set to start in July. But you are going to get a lot of my voice here again for at least this and the next two episodes. Because I have one episode that I'm recording, you know, six days later than I wanted to. <laughs> and also getting it up within the same day, because that's the plan. But then, <laughs> uh, I will also be doing another episode on uh, uh, Mercury in Retrograde, which I will be recording uh, Friday morning on the 19th to then upload Saturday on the 20th. So you guys should be able to get that uh, this weekend. Which will be perfect because we are entering into Mercury in retrograde starting on Thursday. <laughs> uh, from the 18th of June until the 12th of July. So that'll be perfect. <laughs> and then next week I go away to my grandparents for three days for the first time in three months because of COVID. Thankfully that, you know, now we're at a point where seeing my 70 plus relatives is not going to put them at any risk anymore. So, or at least as major a risk, so... I will be going over there, <laughs> and I will be recording another episode either on um, <laughs> populism, elitism, or cause marketing, but at the very least, I have three other episodes uh, that I have as buffers for me to do sans people. <laughs> so unfortunately <laughs> for you guys... You don't get another voice on the Angry Ranner show for at least another th uh, three episodes. <laughs> but I promise you, come episode 59, we should have a guest uh, return to the Angry Ranner show. Which is obviously what we're here for. It's what we want to see. <laughs> but yes, in this particular episode, we are going to be talking about anti-humanism. What exactly that is... <laughs> Uh, what it means to be an anti-humanist. What is humanism? Because obviously you must know thy enemy. And of course, since I consider, you know, uh, I consider humanism to be my enemy. What exactly does that mean? What does that entail? And of course, this is the Angry Ranter Show. So you're going to get to hear it unfiltered. No bullshit. <laughs> Talking about the bullshit. Exactly the way I would say it. In my own language. <laughs> because... Censoring is one thing for the sake of, like, I don't know, you're in a room with children. But 
and I mean young children, I mean every kid over 12 hears the word fuck at least half a dozen times at school. Like, you think sending your kids to school is going to stop them? That's where I learned it. You know? Because, uh, like, I remember, and this is kind of funny. <laughs> if I think back a decade, <laughs> uh, 2010, at around this time I was graduating elementary school. I don't think I had uttered a swear in my life up to that point. That wasn't, uh, <laughs> that wasn't, <laughs> you know, something I made up. Like shiitake, you know, like, obviously talking about the mushroom. <laughs> but then, when I started going to high school, it kind of changed. Uh, in late 2010, I really started picking up on that. And then by 2011, it was easily a part of my, uh, my language. <laughs> like, it feels like it's almost always been a part of me, but then I have to remember, I was one of those, like, really wholesome kids... One of those kids that, you know, wouldn't utter <laughs> any of those kind of words. And I remember telling myself when I was, like, 12 that I would never become someone who swears like crazy. Kids are dumb. I'm just going to point that out right now. You don't understand how the world is going to affect you to the point where you'll become jaded and cynical. And, of course, what's the best way to get it out? Tell the world to go fuck itself. That's the only other thing that we really have as we are aging <laughs> is the ability to just sort of tell the world, fuck you. <laughs> and also, it's not so bad. You know, <laughs> I mean, you tell yourself, oh, I'm not going to be a type of person who does these things, does these things. But the thing is, you don't understand <laughs> how much of a part of just being social and existing in society, swearing, drinking, <laughs> uh, you know, and other things, all become... So as much as you tell yourself, well, I'm not going to do this when you're like 11, you don't really understand the social implications of not doing those things. And so that's when I say kids are dumb. Because kids don't have a grasp of the world. No kid does. Even ones that have uh, gone through more than any kid should, they still don't have a grasp of, of how society functions. <laughs> because they're not legally entitled to be a part of it. You know? It doesn't matter if, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it doesn't matter if, like, a kid has gone through some extremely traumatic things before the age of 18. If they're not of legal drinking age, they can't participate in the drinking culture, legally speaking. <laughs> if a kid is eight and has gone through some really traumatic stuff, you're not really going to hear an eight-year-old uttering cuss words all the time. Because it's just not part of most of their language yet. Most kids have a wholesomeness up until about the age of 10. And I think mine lasted an extra two years because I was kind of a, I was kind of slow to picking up on, you know, social cues back in the day. But of course, I worked myself. I worked those things out of me. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to get philosophical in this episode of The Angry Rainer Show. And of course, I'm just trying again to flex my talking on <laughs> on the mic muscle kind of thing. Because obviously, I'm going to have to do it for the next few episodes without any extra prompting or anything. But I also want to take another minute to push ahead again and continue the conversation surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> because here at the Angry Ranner Show, as I said in last week's episode with Shannon, I 
fully support this movement. And even though I cannot fiscally support the movement because I don't have any money. <laughs> and even though I, based on the type of healthcare work that I do, was not going to risk going out to the Solidarity March. I, I'm definitely still in support of black, pe black indigenous people of color, BIPOCs, getting every equality that they deserve. <laughs> because... It's a world that people who have way more control than I do have decided that they deserve to be advantaged in. And those people just happen to look a lot like me. Just happen to tell me that I could have more advantages than them, even than the others, than, even though that's not fair. But I mean, I relate more to the other side in two ways. One... <laughs> Because I grew up in an extremely working class environment, paycheck to paycheck situation. <laughs> uh, it, it never appeared to me like we were struggling. But it still was that kind of a, a situation. We don't come from money or anything. And then, of course, with the Asperger's and stuff like that, which, of course, if you want to learn more about, go back to episode 3, Micro Agro What? And, of course, you can learn more about that one and sort of what I went through with ableism and stuff like that and what I still go through. <laughs> and that's what I mean. It's obviously not the same thing. Ableism and racism are not the same thing. <laughs> you know? Ableism comes from an even higher place than racism because racism is you look different from me, whereas ableism is you are different from me. Even though we exist in the same world. <laughs> like, the thing is, I have the, you know, clearly, you know, I've got this and 55 other episodes, plus 400 videos on my YouTube channel that prove <laughs> that I have some level of charisma that says I can coexist with anybody else who does this. I just don't have the subscriber count, so please pop on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. I'm at 50. Let's get us to 100. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, I can coexist in any of those worlds and most people wouldn't bat an eye until they hear the squeaking. And then people go, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and that's when that becomes a problem. And I get that a lot. <laughs> but to be some, to be, you know, born a certain way, looking different from everybody else and have them just deny you entry flat out, that's disgusting. And that's why, you know, hold my fist up and say Black Lives Matter, that's the, that's the movement. And people, <laughs> you should be out supporting this movement. Get on any, uh, any petitions to help change laws. If you have money, donate. If you have time, march. <laughs> it's helpful. Because, I mean, in Canada, our indigenous get the same shit end of the stick, <laughs> unfortunately, that the, you know, people of color do in America. I mean, people of color here don't have it any better for some things. But I'm just saying we have a much larger indigenous population that's been getting the shit end of the stick for too long as well. That's why it's B-I-P-O-C, not just P-O-C's. You know, black indigenous people of color. <laughs> and so... <laughs> mm. 
So that's because that's my thing. Like for example, it, because it's the 16th of June right now, <laughs> I stopped celebrating Canada Day uh, three years ago <laughs> during during the 150, and this year is going to be the fourth one where I'm saying fuck Canada Day because our indigenous have been shafted far too long by this country and deserve better. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that for right now. But the one thing that we need to try to do as best we can is advance through and continue the conversation surrounding <laughs> being anti-racism, anti-discrimination. <laughs> Most people are non-racist, non-discriminatory, you know? You don't say the N-word, you don't... <laughs> you don't make off, offhand jokes or remarks. Or, you know, maybe you help in some small way to give these individuals a platform and a voice by sharing their posts and stuff like that when you see them talking about it. <laughs> But other than that, to you that's checking off a fucking box and then saying I'm done, and that's it. That's all. But there is... And this is where I'm kind of torn, right? Because for me, I think the systems need to change. But also, it's not my fault personally that they are this way. <laughs> it's probably not even the fault of my ancestors. We were all poor. I don't understand how we would have done anything. But the point is, it's people who look like me. <laughs> That's why all lives matter people need to shut the fuck up. Because all lives matter is implied when people say black lives matter. Because our quality of life is only as good as those at the bottom. And if you don't make it any better for the people at the bottom, then guess what? Your life is gonna suck too. <laughs> And that's also why the, oh, well, my family never owned slaves. People need to shut the fuck up also. Because it's people who look like us that did this. And you have to own that entire history's failures and successes. <laughs> I mean, it's too late to decolonize the, this side of the world. <laughs> it's too fucking late. But what we can do is actually make life tolerable for the people that we conquered hundreds of years ago. The people who were taken from their home homelands and brought over here to serve us. We can stop treating them like shit because they're not slaves anymore. They haven't been for 150 plus years. But the point is, the system's still screwing them. It's a different kind of slavery. I think I heard somebody mention that in a video. That like what they're going through is a very different kind of slavery. You thought slavery ended with Lincoln? It didn't. You thought civil rights movement gave people of BIPOCs all the proper rights they deserved? It didn't. And so think about that. 1865, slavery ends in America. <laughs> and 1833 in Canada. But 1865, slavery ends. But yet, they're not given proper rights. <laughs> 1968, 105 years later, civil rights bills are pa are written and passed. <laughs> Gives uh, people of color more rights, but not enough. <laughs> Do we really want to fucking wait another 40 plus years 
before this shit finally ends? I don't think so. I don't think society can handle it. People need to fix this shit now. And police, stop fucking killing people because they looked different or suspicious. Racial profiling is disgusting, and it should never have been done in the first place. You have no right going after people just because they look different. But that's my piece on that. <laughs> I am pro-BLM. Me five years ago didn't understand enough of what was going on to make, a, to make a statement like this. But me now, here in 2020, I definitely do. I've grown, I've learned. And I'm just trying to kick the conversation ahead a little bit further. <laughs> because one of the worst things we can do when we're trying to talk about major, massive, positive change in the world... <laughs> is let the conversation die. I'm not going to bring it up in every episode. But what I am going to do is, if there's anything new, I'm obviously going to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> now there's finally things going on uh, in, in the case of the police officers that killed Breonna Taylor. We're finally starting to hear more about that now. <laughs> and I'm hoping that leads to good news. I mean, the other interestingly good thing was two conservative judges joined with all the liberals in the U.S. and actually stopped Donald Trump from messing with the LGBTQIA plus health uh, care protections for gender and sexual identity. <laughs> like, I don't fucking understand where conservatives get off, but these people deserve the same rights as everybody else. They are people, after all, and why they get put in a different box all of a sudden by you guys for that kind of thing when everybody else is protected why just because they choose to identify as something different does that mean they're all of a sudden subhuman they're not they're not but conservatives acting that way are kind of subhuman if you really think about it kind of acting all roach like and <laughs> and what not but I'm fucking glad to hear that there's the major civil rights victory in the U.S. That was that was a, a heartwarming thing to hear about, I'm not going to lie. But I want to start talking a little bit more about our main topic. So, I want to talk about, like, specifically, what is humanism in this first hour? And the reason I brought up BLM and the reason I brought up <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, attempted blocking of civil rights for LGBTs because this is critical in humanism excuse me versus the anti-humanism I'm trying to create okay so off the hop <laughs> off the hop most of you are going to hear the words humanism and anti-humanism and think that oh well that means I fucking hate humans it isn't entirely a lie I do hate the way a lot of humanity is acting, <laughs> but that will play into it in the second hour when I explain more about what is anti-humanism and all of this stuff. But I need to first off get into the explanation of what is humanism. So humanism, uh, and I'm, I'm not looking up any Wikipedia pages, this is just the shit from, the, from philosophy that I know of. Humanism is this... <laughs> 
bullshit, <laughs> fantastical belief that we as society already possess within us the inherent ability to, without, without any attitude changes, to create some fucking sunshine and rainbows utopia where we're all holding hands and singing songs and nobody ever dies or nobody ever gets hurt or nobody ever... Like, it, it's, it's fantastical. <laughs> it was an idea that was first proposed during the fucking renaissance, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> it's a 500-year-old ideology. And it's fucking been dying for since basically the Civil War in the U.S. <laughs> Actually, if you want to talk about major conflict, it's been basically a dead idea since the fucking Revolutionary War in the 1770s. You had that, plus the revolutions in France, plus plus the, um, I think, uh, the War of Roses in England, even. <laughs> as well as then the War of 1812. Uh, let's see, the uh, Civil War in America, the uh, the, the Spanish-American War, the First World War, the Second World War, the Cold War, the Korean War, Vietnam. These, <laughs> ever since these massive global conflicts broke out, humanism has been a dead fucking ideology. But the problem is there's been nothing to replace it since. And so there are still people out there who believe in this concept, who believe that humanism is gonna save us. <laughs> that somehow it's a belief in humanity. It's not. It's a belief in some fucking parlance from 500 fucking years ago that if we all just band together and, you know, put our swords down or whatever, uh, that we can just do that. Without a fucking radical shift in ideology. Without anything actually changing. That humanism will just step up to the plate and be like, I've solved the issue. Dun, 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 dun. No, that's not how this shit works. <laughs> Humanity in and of itself is vain. <laughs> Narcissistic, <laughs> aggressive, hate-filled, and fear-mongering. And those are just five fucking adjectives I can find in my own head <laughs> to define the nature of humanity. Humans have an inherent hatred for anything they don't understand. And until something happens within our internal systems or you know we start telling future generations that we should stop fucking fearing each other and thus killing each other and that we could actually i don't know band together and help each other humanism is dead actually humanism has been long fucking dead but the problem is until you have something to replace it there's nothing there now the only thing that's been proposed up to this point is post-humanism I'm sorry, but you can't jump from the, the thing right to the after thing <laughs> when there's nothing in between. And what we need is this current anti-humanist era. 2020 is <laughs> honestly the best year <laughs> for this movement that I'm trying to create to really get off the ground <laughs> with all the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now, with the police who are supposed to be protecting people in cities, attacking people who are peacefully protesting. <laughs> and with people fighting for their, their rights, liberties, and lives all over the world every single fucking day. With countries uh, bombing the shit out of each other. And with wars breaking out in many countries. Do you think, do you think that means that we can get along right now? 
I don't think so. I think there are a lot of little cliques and niches and friendships going on in certain places of the world, but that doesn't mean we all agree on the same thing. Fundamentally speaking, any humanism is something that is to be strove for based on our current circumstance. <laughs> and I'm going to explain more in the second hour what exactly that is. Uh, these, this episode itself is not going to be horrendously long because there isn't <laughs> as much for me to delve into in the humanistic side. And I also don't want to drag it out too long. So I'm looking at half an hour apiece for each side maximum. Uh, you know, and we're at 24 minutes now. <laughs> so I don't want to drag it out too long. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> anti-humanism is something <laughs> for people to strive for. It's, it's the absolute ideal that will allow post-humanism to exist in the future. And if we're lucky, if we're lucky, and people by the end of this decade begin to adopt an anti-humanist mindset from reading the shit that I'm writing, then guess what? By 2030, we could be starting this road, and before all of us from this generation are gone, there could be some of us to live to see the post-humanist era of the 22nd century. At least that's my goal. My goal is that post-humanism will begin in the year 2101. And that we can see the fundamental philosophical shift. Because first off, anti-humanism's first goal is to take humanity into recognizing what its problems are. Pointing that shit out. <laughs> and then eventually doing its magic in the middle. <laughs> A lot of stuff I haven't really thought through all the way yet. Uh, and I'm working on, you know, I'm only 24, I only have two books written. I don't exactly have the whole history of anti-humanism written. But the current book I'm working on is titled Anti-Humanism. It's going to be the base founding tenets of what anti-humanism anti is supposed to be. And that book should be releasing in 2021. <laughs> it's the foundation. <laughs> but without going too deep into it, because I want to more so in the second hour of the show. Um... <laughs> Anti-humanism will scoop up humanity's philosophical views, shred the shit out of it in the middle, and produce the proper views that can create a post-humanist world. One where we are far more understanding, one where we are better with each other, one where more of us are happy. And the, and one where, yes, we had to go through some absolutely horrendous shakeups of our entire view of sense of self. And they're... <laughs> There, there definitely will be ideological um, casualties. <laughs> not people. The hope is not people. I mean, in a long road to hoe, though, we're all eventually going to age and die at some point. But the point is, there will be ideological casualties. Meaning, I'm going to rip certain ideologies to shreds and say, that's bullshit, it doesn't work. That's bullshit, it doesn't work. That's bullshit, it doesn't work. <laughs> like, one of the major fundamental views of, <laughs> of anti-humanism, conservatism is broken, and liberalism is broken. They both need to be retired. Everyone needs to come to the center. Centrism. <laughs> but progressive centrism is the way forward. <laughs> Uh, people need to, but the, because you, you know why people need to retire the words conservative and liberal? Because they've been so <laughs> torn from their original meanings. T 
to now mean good versus evil, depending on whatever fucking side you stand on. And of course, I'm going to go more into that in the second hour, too, to explain <laughs> what that means as like a base tenant of anti-humanism. Because coming to the center, and that's that's the reason why I think the second episode of this, of this season, holding the center, episode 37... <laughs> sort of talks about why being a centrist is the most radical thing these days because for fuck's sakes I'm willing to sit in the room with somebody telling me Trump's the best and somebody telling me <laughs> that Trudeau's the best when I hate them both pretty equally <laughs> because these systems are broken <laughs> Calling yourself a conservative when you're a conservative? It's, oh, it's me and the boys! <laughs> you know, calling yourself a liberal when you're also a liberal? That's, ah, oh, we're the ones standing up for people because we're the only ones that care. Still a super self-centered view, by the way. Still a super self-centered view, by the way. <laughs> but then imagine being on the opposite team. <laughs> Conservatives look at liberals and call them snowflake cocktards. And the liberals call the conservatives racist, bigoted assholes. Both of which are true. <laughs> Both statements are true. <laughs> they are warring factions in a political war that is never going to, to end if we don't retire these fucking terms. Conservative, liberal, they both need to die. Because they're not what's good for humanity. Neither of them are. <laughs> and I'm going to get more into that in the second hour, which we are going to jump to now. <laughs> I'm at about almost 30 minutes now. And so I'm just going to say click on through and we're going to continue this discussion a little bit. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be back in the second hour of The Angry Rainer Show. You are listening to The Angry Rainer Show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs> 